Welcome to This Old App, a podcast about learning, coding, smashing stuff together, breaking things apart, startups, failing, winning, and any other buzzwords we can think of. I would like to welcome Mark Thompson back to our shows. Um, Mark, you were a visitor and you were a guest on our CTO Think podcast a few weeks ago. Um, but go ahead and reintroduce yourself and tell us what you're up to. Absolutely. Well, first, thanks for having me on. It is always a pleasure to talk with you, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, sure. Yeah. So my name is Mark Thompson. I am a software engineer, and I work in education right now. And I'm also the founder of a small little company called Totally Strong, Inc., where our primary product is a fitness app called Totally Strong. And if folks are interested in knowing more about that, they can go to totallystrong.me, where they can sign up for our beta. Awesome. So we've talked before about this, and I follow you on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle again? Yeah, that's Mark Texan. So that's M-A-R-K-T as in Tom, E-C-H-S-O-N. Okay. So if people follow you on Twitter, um, then they know that you've been working on this project for a while. And you are using a technology that I'm not very familiar with called Flutter. So today I wanted to talk to you about Flutter, why you chose it, um, what, like, what is it, why you chose it, your experience. So let's go with what is Flutter? Flutter itself is a library that's created by a team at Google for cross-platform mobile applications. So it's like React Native in that sense. Right, in that sense. But here's where Flutter differentiates itself in a unique way. Flutter primarily does not use JavaScript at all. It actually uses Dart, which is another internal language used at Google, but it's gaining a little bit of speed now and interest because people are starting to jump on the Flutter bandwagon, so to speak. So it's getting more popular. So talk about Dart then before we go back into Flutter. Like, what is Dart? Why why is Dart... Um, around. I mean, JavaScript is kind of the hot language and both you and I have taught JavaScript to a lot of our students. What, like, what is Dart and why are people moving in that direction? Yeah. So many, many moons ago, Google created Dart as a way to write JavaScript in a more structured way. So this is back in the wild west of JavaScript, Dart came out and you used to be able to transpile Dart down to JavaScript to run in the browser. And recently what happened was, I guess the team at Google decided that when they were working on this new library for cross-platform mobile apps that have really high performance that don't use JavaScript, they chose Dart to do that. And there's some really interesting articles out there about the the reasons why Dart works so well with Flutter. I'm not as deep into that side of it yet, but I, mm-hmm. you know, there are some resources out there to find out more. So even before we talk about Flutter, how did you learn Dart? And what, like, based on your learning curve of other tech, you know, how, what was the difficulty? How did you learn it? What was the difficulty? Just how did you get into Dart in the first place? Yeah, so with Dart, it really came around from the fact that when I saw Flutter in a Google I.O. talk, I noticed that that was the language being used, and mm-hmm. I started to dive deeper into Dart. And in terms of learning curve, it's a little bit interesting for me. So primarily over the last five years, I've done 
five or six years actually, I've done mostly JavaScript front-end web development and then in full stack still using JavaScript on the Node side. But mm-hmm. before that, I was actually a Java engineer for many, many years of my career. And so I had uh, a lot of experience with the idea of the statically typed language where you can yeah. you know, define your types and use them in your code. And you can get all kinds of help from the compiler, et cetera. So Dart is almost what I call a cross between Java and JavaScript and the fact that it does support some dynamic typing where you don't have to know the type at the time you declare a variable, but it also supports static typing, which gives you a lot of power to have runtime checking and compile time checking, et cetera. So then did you spend a lot of time learning Dart first before you dove into Flutter? No, I read a couple of articles on the Dart Lang website uh, and I think just and that part of that comes from the fact that I have had so many years experience coding. Sure. That I just said, OK, you know what? Let me just read some of the ideas about what we need to do and how it should work. And then I'll jump back into Flutter because I really wanted to stick to this deadline that I had set for myself with this project. OK, so so it, for an experienced developer, you may not need to learn all the ins and outs of Dart just to get started with Flutter it may help, but. It's not completely necessary. I mean, frankly, I did the same with Rails. I learned Rails framework before I learned much of Ruby at all. Um, so going now into Flutter, um, I remember reading your tweets. But this is back in December, and your tweets were always like a lot of them were about motivation of getting your project done, but some of it had to do with Flutter, and you were using a beta product, so. Between you know December now it's around April four months later, um, how what has been your experience with this beta level platform and is it even unstable yet? I don't even know. Yeah, great, great question. So when I started, it hadn't even hit beta yet. It was still alpha, and my experience was a mixed bag, really. So I usually would tell anyone who came up to me and said, "Hey, Mark." I want to build an app really quickly. What should I use? The first question I'm going to ask is, what do you know? What language yep. do you know? And then I say, let's find a tool that matches your skill set so you can be as productive as possible. And I would have done that with Flutter but or with some other product, but I didn't want to. I really want to push myself to say, is there anything out there that I have not used that I could learn from that has a really high upside if it works? And that was my big yeah. motivation behind Flutter because uh, not only does it not use JavaScript, it also gives it a performance boost when you want to do things like high quality animations. And we all know that if you use the React Native or a Native Script or some other language that has a JavaScript bridge, the common animation side is really tough. And with the competitive mm-hmm. landscape of apps, I think static <clears throat> apps that just go from one page to the other, I think those don't have as much of a benefit when it comes to wowing users, especially when I'm thinking about yeah. my demographic, people want to feel good with the tool they're using. So I said, okay, yeah. what can I use that that once I learn how to do the animations, they'll be easy to do and they'll work out of the box cross-platform. Yep. So you're working on an alpha program and maybe my, this could be different, but my experience with alpha is <clears throat> not much documentation not much um, examples online or tutorials online that you can use and not a whole lot of Stack Overflow 
um, or other debugging site type of um, resources. So what did you have available when you started using Flutter versus what's available now? The Flutter website itself was pretty well documented for a lot of the core components I found. And I mean things like how to make a page itself. But then when you want to dive deeper, I found that that website, the, the, the real documentation from the Flutter team, I found that it was missing some parts, to be honest with you. And that was challenging. There was really no stack overflow that was valid because it was so alpha that things changed since the time some of those questions were answered. Sure. And one of the things that I had was there are two code labs on Google, which I didn't even know about this resource, to be honest with you. There's this site uh, by Google called Code Labs, and they walk you through a lot of their technologies and these like mm-hmm. 60 to 70 minute uh, interactive tutorials. So I used that a bunch of times. I rewatched some of the Google I.O. presentations to, and mm-hmm. I would pause the screen to see what was on their slides. So I can see at that yeah. time what was what was working because I'm like okay I don't really know what to do and that was available to me and the final thing that I used the most was the the chat app Gitter G I T T E R so a lot yeah. of the devs hang out on there and I would go on Gitter and I'd ask questions sometimes because there are like a hundred of us asking at the same time a question might go unanswered sometimes I post questions on Stack Overflow, but again, it might go unanswered because people aren't really looking there or they don't have the skills to kind of answer those questions yet. So, you so, know, I have those kind of options. So what you're telling me, and this is especially for any listeners that are new to code and learning, you are a teacher. You teach people, which in some ways makes you an expert in a lot of people's eyes on the code you're, we're teaching, which may not be true, especially for me. Sometimes I'm teaching things I don't use all the time, tools that is, but you are describing what you are doing as an experienced developer to learn. And you're watching videos and you're pausing in the middle and you're going back and rewatching things and you're going, you're talking straight to the dev community about that particular tech. And I do the same, but I sometimes <clears throat> I feel like our students often get like they freeze and they don't reach out and do those things. And I'm not sure why we do it versus what they do is experience, I think. But you are doing that like you are basically admitting, I don't know how to do this and I'm going to hammer this into my brain or talk to the people directly to get it done. So I think that's just a it's a good lesson for anyone that's trying to learn a new technology that especially in an alpha situation, you may have to go the old fashioned route and just talk to people um, one way or the other to find out things. So go ahead. No, say, and I think with talking to the people, I went on Twitter and I was messaging people like mentioning them in my tweets that were part of the flutter team. And, I, and yeah. I would just ask them questions literally directly on Twitter. And then I get the feedback of, well, talk to this person via the Google uh, message boards or then go back to, like I said, the Gitter community or go on yeah. Stack Overflow. And I would read a lot of code. Like that was another thing that I did because sometimes I just couldn't understand the example or the example would be missing. So I would go to the code and I view the raw source and see if mm-hmm. I can understand, okay, what are these parameters supposed to be? How can I, and then I use some of the tools from the code where you can click on a class and then you can see, well, this class extends this class and there's inheritance. So I can start to trace the inheritance chain and start to see what I could find out that way. 
So digging into the code is a pretty, for I would say a lot of beginners, that would be brand, like that would be going farther than they've ever gone before. How often did you do that with JavaScript? Almost never. <laughs> exactly. Which is funny. I never had to do that. <laughs> and neither have I, and I don't know if I ever will. But yeah, I mean, when you don't have a lot of resources, sometimes it means like opening the hood, looking at the engine directly kind of thing. Um, so you've launched, you, you basically, you have, do you have it on multiple platforms or are you using just one? No, I launched on iOS and Android. Okay. How was that experience? Even with an alpha product uh, or alpha framework, how was pushing it to those two, um, platforms? How did that go? One thing they do pretty well with Flutter is they have a checklist that you can walk through and say, here's what you need to do to actually get it off your machine, get it into the different app stores. So that okay. part was good, but getting it into the app store was a nightmare for me, to be honest with you. Like I was defeated uh, one night because I just couldn't figure out what Google wanted. And it wasn't really the Flutter problem. That was just my inexperience of working with the Android Google Play Store. Then when I went to yeah. iOS, I couldn't figure out how to create all the different images that it needed for the different resolutions of the screen sizes. Like that was a big, you know, you need like 15 different image sizes and I didn't realize that. So when I do my build and then trying to set up, you know, the different test groups, all those things. So that part was worse. I hated that part to be honest with you. So, so I guess if you were to go back in time and, you know, tell yourself at that point, Hey, you need to be prepared for certain things. How would someone go about um, answering those questions ahead of time? Well, where would they get the information, I guess? Oh, that's a good question. So I did a lot of searching, but I think the better experience is what I teach students to do now. I always tell students now is that if you have a new product project to be turned in, one of the first things I want you to do is get a Hello World working and submit yeah. it up to Heroku. Like get it off uh, your computer yeah. immediately, not the night before it's due, not an hour before. Do it in the first couple of days because once you get the process working, you don't have yeah. to learn those hard lessons. That's what I would do again, knowing how the App Store works and how you can upload multiple versions and more multiple builds of your app. Yeah. Yep. You could do that. So I would do that early on, like literally in the first week, I would probably set up the I would set up the deployment to the app store early on. OK. And you don't when you deploy, you don't have to have it out there. It's not accepted until you turn the switch on, so to speak. So if there's nothing wrong with deployment to the app store because you it doesn't go to review until you tell it to. Correct. Exactly. OK. Well, that's great advice. I again, I would tell my students the same thing. Quit messing around with GitHub pages like at the last minute. Push that up to the front and get a hello world going. So that's great advice. So now, um, I don't know, is it still in, is it Flutter in beta now or what's the stage it's in now? So Flutter's in the second beta right now, and they did a lot of updates around using the, the second version of Dart, which allows you to do some really cool things. So when you're in your code and you have to type new or const everywhere, it has mm-hmm. some really intelligent features where you can you can avoid typing that. And it'll know to instantiate or use a, a constant version of an object. And that's pretty fantastic because you can cut down on the code, you know, the, ver- the verboseness of the code a bit. Yeah. Are there any tools that you're using with Flutter? Like, what are you using for your editor 
to build to use Dart and Flutter? Yeah, I started off with Android Studio, actually. That was my first tool, but I was not familiar with that platform, and that's a really huge tool. Just like when you mm-hmm. have Eclipse, right? Eclipse was a huge Java you know, yeah. uh, behemoth, and after a while, it just became too hard to use if you didn't start in the beginning. So yeah. I started there, and then I love Visual Studio Code for front-end development, and I'm really familiar with that. So I use yeah. Visual Studio Code for my editor. There's a Dart plugin that is community-based, actually, that is really excellent. And so between those two things... I do that. I get an iPhone and an Android phone that I use for my development. I always sometimes use the emulators, but a lot of times I want to test it on the phone itself. So that's another piece yep. of advice. Uh, get the work done to get to get the the app on the phone as soon as you can, because that's also it's very easy on on Android. You just plug it in via USB. But on iOS, you actually have to have a paid developer account just to test on the phone. So yep. getting that set up. Again, that's one of the things I would say, get that done early. Yep, that makes perfect sense. So I guess where are things going with Flutter? Like what, well, okay, well, let me actually rewind that. The next question is you made the choice of Flutter because you wanted to have better animations. Um, that was a one point you made or stressed on. How are they, how did that work with Flutter? Did you get the experience you were looking for there? So I, I've not built in the animations yet. And I, I keep okay. that in the back of my mind thinking of something that I'm going to do in maybe a second release. But the other thing I liked about Flutter was how declarative the UIs were. And mm-hmm. I, and I could you could really read it once you look at the code. You can actually read and predict with some certainty what's going to happen because everything's a widget. So you can say new widget or sorry, new center, you know, and you know that, yeah. well, whatever is a child of that widget is going to be centered. Or new column, new row, and you put those types of that type of language, that type of domain language into your code. It really helps it to be easy to to create. Makes uh, makes sense. Anything, any tools you use for testing that might be unique or that work with Flutter um, on that part? Yeah, for testing, they there's actually a unit test uh, framework that's already kind of built in that ships with the with the scaffolding part of the app. So when you scaffold a new app, it sets up your test first. So you can also do that. And that's what I use right now. Oh, cool. So what do you do anything for acceptance testing, like integration testing? Yeah, for acceptance testing right now, I ship out a, so when I ship it, I have someone who's actually going through and testing. We don't have anything automated. I have someone who volunteered to just be, you know, like a a user, a UAT tester for me before I send it out to my entire alpha testing group. I have one person who gets to build first and then Mm -hmm. he goes through and does some testing. Awesome. Okay, um, that I think that covers most of it. Um, what are you looking forward to that Flutter says is on the way? I'm actually looking forward to just more completeness. To be honest with you, there are some parts of the app that I or the framework that I think still need some some polish. And yep. when I started my process, I gave myself like this 30 day window to do the entire thing. And the reason I did that was because I just want wanted to see. If I could ship, and I know for a lot of developers, if you talk to nine or 10 developers, we'll all say I had the idea for XYZ app, but I never got around to finishing it. So I said, okay, rain or shine, you know, success or failure in 30 days, I'm going to ship this app. And so I did not have a lot of time to wait for new features to come. I needed a lot of things like right now. And that process was, was really interesting because it really pushed me to 
practice a lot of what I preach to students. Things like my philosophy about design or software development is make it work, make it right, make it fast. And so a lot of things just make it work, then make it right. So go back and refactor, make things better, then make it fast, you know, do optimizations after I've already identified that there was a problem that needs to be optimized. So a lot of that got put into the forefront when I was doing this really 30 day sprint. Cool. Um, last question before we call it a day, how, what's the community like? You talked about, you've been on Google groups, you talked on Twitter. What's, how many people are you able to work with? Um, not connected, not directly, but how big is that community, um, related to compared to other platforms you've worked on? You know what? I think the community is sm- much smaller than other platforms because I think you can find tons and tons of JavaScript help. But what I did notice is that one, the community is growing. The second thing is the community is really responsive. There are mm-hmm. quite a few people who followed me on Twitter after they found out I was trying to do this 30-day sprint with uh, my products and people who are really influential in the community. And they'd offer not only more support, but like code support. People say, how's this going? Oh, look at this mm. repository. This may help you. And a lot of people, uh, one guy, Seth Ladd, who is one of the, pro- I think he's one of the program managers for Flutter at Google. He would from time to time just send me, like mention me on Twitter and say, hey, how's it going? You know, we're rooting for you. And like, I think that's amazing that, nice. you know, yeah. people would do stuff like that because it, it kept me going when I wanted to quit, which is pretty common when anyone's developing something that's challenging. Oh, no doubt. So yeah, that <laughs> you're not going to get that from a whole, like a lot of communities, there's just so many people, but that's pretty awesome. So actually, I've got another question. Forget my last question thing. Um <laughs> If I decided tomorrow that I wanted to get into Flutter um, and build something, what would you recommend as the first step? I do the Google Code Lab where they show you how to make the chat app because that one covers so many different parts of of the platform and gets you familiar with how to make just what we call a material app on the Google side or you can... Or you can yeah. go with a custom UI if you want to, right? So you have those options. And so I say go with that with the code lap, walk through it, do all the steps, type it yourself. And then I think that'll set you up where, again, the documentation is great and it's constantly improving. So you can go back later on and find out more information. And you just start to ask the question like, how do I make a button that looks like this? And then you start to look through the repository of content and all the plugins that are growing. And so you'll find what you need over time. Awesome. Well, thank you very much uh, for being on the show, educating us about Flutter and the all the support around it in the new community. Congrats on launching the app again. Um, we will put all the links. Totallystrong.me is where people can look for your app. And we will put links to all the other things you refer to in the show notes as well. But uh, we'll call it a day. And thanks for being on, Mark. I really appreciate your time. And as always, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Great. Thanks for listening to This Old App. Show notes and previous episodes can be found on our website at www.thisoldapp.online. Reviews on Apple iTunes are always appreciated and help promote the show. For questions, comments, or things you would like to hear on future shows, please email us at hello at thisoldapp.online. Show music is Guns Blazing by Fab Claxton, licensed by Pond5. Voiceover work by MeganVoices.com. You'll hear from us soon.